Hello and welcome to Reigning in Re- No, wait, Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and with me is Ray Jewell, which is why I'm saying this is our latest edition of Reigning in Ray. Ray, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. It's always a joy to be here. And so, uh, again, for those of you just joining us, Ray Jewell has uh, quite the background, pastor, preacher, podcaster, radio host, professor, author, blogger, now community organizer, working on getting together a community center in the Fourth Ward here in Janesville, Wisconsin. So, Ray, we're talking about a subject I know that you're passionate about, and this could be almost, in a prophetic sense, a warning to the church of of an issue that we see back in church history. In fact, it's one of the earliest church heresies, but it's one that's creeping back up within the church today, and that is the topic of Gnosticism. Yeah, I would say it's more than just creeping up. It has taken Mm -hmm. over by storm in a lot of uh, church communities, and probably inadvertently, Mm -hmm. uh, they, they don't see it. And uh, yet, as we go through the uh, basic tenets of Gnosticism, which that's in and of itself is something of a chore, but I think that uh, if we boil it down to two or three uh, items, I think that people will see what we're getting at with so this So let's go uh, ahead and, and boil that down. Uh, so what is Gnosticism? Well, the, uh, the word Gnostic itself is from the Greek word gnosis, which is knowledge. But the, the way that the Gnostics understood this, this was a highly individualistic, elitist way of uh, getting a secret knowledge yeah. that is what leads you to salvation or you know, how you know anything at all right. kind of thing. It's through a, a, a secret type of impartation of wisdom, of knowledge, and it flies in the face of Bible and certainly uh, what what God chose how he chose to reveal himself it was not done secretly it was done publicly and right. very out there and, and historical and for 1995 plus shipping and handling you too can have this revelation that God has given me Aha. yeah yeah that that's that's a good point that's that's just one of many ways that Gnosticism has reared its uh, mm heretical head uh, in our culture. Well, and another aspect of, of Gnosticism is, is a dualistic idea of the, uh, a distinction between the physical world and the spiritual world. The physical world is evil. The physical right. world is, is wrong. And, but the spiritual realm is the pure idealistic realm that you want to dwell in. Right, and that's what is to be desired, is to somehow escape from this world with all of its restraints and with all of its pain and with all of its, you know, to the point where it's not, you know, our bodies are not even real. So pain is an illusion. It's all a fake, a fake uh, existence and we have to escape that. Yeah. And that, that has shown itself even in the context of the church in many ways. Uh, primarily, I would say that the premillennial dispensational thought really has driven that idea a lot, that somehow, you know, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Oh, uh, or a lot of songs, a lot of gospel songs are about heaven, and, and we got to get away from this life. Well, right. 
let's let's stop that nonsense right here and now. God created this world and created it perfectly, and He put us here in order to enjoy His creation. It's not something to escape. It's not in and of itself evil. It's what we have done with it that has made it so. You know, with our systems and with our governments and with the, our individual acts of sin. And, you know, but Jesus came to redeem not just individual people. He came to redeem the whole of creation. Right. And that's, that's a, a viewpoint that a lot of people just don't even want to get beyond their personal individual self. Yeah. Well, how, how are people, rec- how should they recognize this sitting in their church their pastor preaching or whether they're reading through a, a book or whatever, what are some key aspects that can pick up on and say, oh, wait a minute, this is this is a basic form of Gnosticism that is right. being passed off as Christianity? I think I think the primary thing is an emphasis and overemphasis on individualism. Hmm. Um, it's about, you know, me and Jesus. Right, subjectivity. Of, it's the, yeah, instead of Christ and his kingdom. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Bible talks a little bit about an individual coming to Christ that that's but that's just the the tip of the iceberg it's it needs to expand itself beyond that to our thinking needs to encompass the whole of the kingdom of God which is everything right you know we talk about satan being in charge of this world and in a sense he is but even that is under the auspices of god right. himself he's right. only in charge of this world as long as god says he's yeah. in charge of this world and that will eventually come to an end well it, and i see that a the the individual is oh first off in scripture i mean we, you and i have talked about this in previous podcasts that the emphasis in the new testament is corporate Yes. The idea of a corporate reality, uh, the, the church meeting together, the church, not just individuals. But in our culture, the individual is king in the sense of in a subjective – how do we know the will of God? Well, you know it in your heart. Mm-hmm. And how many times have I heard people say, well, I'm going to do this or that because God told me. Mm-hmm. Well, once you start saying God told me, that's dangerous. That's – when, you, when you're talking about God speaking, God speaks through his word. Right. And when you're telling me that God is speaking to you in an individual way, that's a, when God speaks, that's a serious thing. Right. That's a binding thing. Mm-hmm. And now you are putting yourself up as your own pope or your own prophet, mm-hmm. and that's dangerous territory to be in. Right. I think the, and the, the two things that are in place to uh, counteract that is first of all first and foremost scripture right I mean, you know we cannot claim that god told us to do something that is completely contrary to what his word says right Absolutely. and and the other uh safety net there is the community of yes. the church yes you know we we are so frightened by being open and honest and transparent and real with each other in the body of Christ. But that's exactly where we're told yeah. to run to yep. in order to know what God's will is. Right. You know, and you know, some of, even evangelistic plans, the, the, the four natural laws or whatever it's called, the yeah. four laws, spiritual laws. And one of those is, you know, God has a plan for your life. Well, yes and no. God is not the kind of God, I don't think, that's going to tell you, this is what you will do about this. 
God's plan is for all of us to come to realize that we need to repent of our sins and come to Jesus Christ. That is right. his plan. Absolutely. And, and then how that looks in our individual lives sort of depends on our choices as we go from step A to step B to step C. Like you just joined uh, Daystar Church this right. uh, yesterday. And you know, that's a choice that was up to Kevin Thompson as the head of his family to make along with I'm sure Jill had some input into that and maybe even the boys had a little bit of input whether or not they liked it you know but but again to submit ourselves to put ourselves into that kind of a place where you know we realize by that that we we humbly submit to God's word and to God's people that means we're not the kingpin of our own existence that there is someone outside of us that has right. the say. And let me add, you know, I, I'm a five-point Calvinist, and there's nothing mm-hmm. you said that I disagree with. Right. In, in the sense that, yes, we, we God has given us minds, and God has given us brains, and God has given us lots of, uh, you know, faculties for us to use to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't tell you that I know perfectly what God's will is. Outside of what you just said, what Scripture tells us, mm-hmm. uh, I do believe that God has a plan for my life, and I believe that was settled before the foundation of the world— but how does God impart that to me? He imparts it through the Word. He imparts it through others. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, you mentioned I joined Daystar Christian Fellowship just yesterday. That's why I, 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 my wife and I were searching for a, a church once we left our other church, knowing that this was God's will. It's God's will for us to be accountable to other Christians. Mm-hmm. We need to be in a place where the Word is being preached and mm-hmm. taught. And we need to be in a place where others can help us and we can help others. Right. That's God's plan. Yeah. It's not this individualistic Lone Ranger thing where I'm just, it's just me and Jesus, as you said. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's dangerous. And that's where heresy creeps in. And that's where all sorts of doctrinal error and uh, that should scare you to be on your own. There, there's nothing in the New Testament remotely like that concept of just this Christian and his. Uh, his own personal thoughts. Yeah. I should also add we're uh, we're at my classroom right now. Yeah. And uh, though it's spring break, they haven't shut off the bells. So we're gonna hear another bell in a, another minute. But I don't really feel like starting over, and I don't feel like editing this out. No. Nope. So we're just gonna run. With we're good it. with it. We're good with it. <laughs> um, well, we turn to the scriptures. I, I think there are, there are several key passages. Uh, the book of Colossians deals the entire book. In fact deals with uh, not necessarily Gnosticism, but uh, some of just some sort of pre-Gnostic heresy. Colossians two, uh, turning there now, really addresses this whole I- idea. I think of this individualistic. I have my secret knowledge, and so chapter two in Colossians, and verse eight. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, the fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him, you're also circumcised and so on. But the, the whole idea here is that we are complete in Christ. Right. What we need is there. Right. In Christ, all the fullness of God dwells bodily. 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 Now, the, right there, that, that, just that one word is, is a strong emphasis against the dualistic nature uh, that says this life is evil, that this world is evil and needs to be escaped. Christ 
and the New Testament constantly comes back to this is you know even the the birth narratives yeah. that we have in Matthew and Luke are emphasizing the fact that this God truly became human right dwelt among us as John says in uh, chapter 1 of his gospel and it's like you know the gnostic gospels that have become so prevalent again in our culture in the last 50 years or so would say fanciful things that only basically a disembodied spirit can right. handle. And it all stems from Plato, and probably before yeah. Plato. Uh, but his mindset was uh, that you know we're, we become disembodied spirits after this right. life. The body and, is the prison of the soul. Right. And therefore needing to be escaped. And we have a lot of popular ways of uh, having that pushed at us uh, in the movies the movie The Matrix yeah. uh, was very much That's just I mean, it's pure agnostic dualism, yeah. it's, it's definitely dualism it's definitely you know and, and the, the closest representation of anything that's Christian in that movie is not Neo who's the Christ figure and it's not Trinity who's supposedly the Holy Spirit and whatnot. It's the Judas character who betrays him. That's mm. the closest thing that to Bible in that whole set of movies, uh, uh, the Matrix uh, trilogy or however many they yeah. ended up making. The, the thing, the other thing, like the Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown, that's sort of an interesting thing. I mean, I heard about it, heard about it, and finally, okay, I got to read it. Because I can't, you know, really say one right. way or the other until I've read it. And as I read through that, it was purely Gnostic all the way through. And then he came out with a movie. And it was interesting because it sort of died after that. It was yeah. really hot stuff until the movie came out. And here's why I think what I think happened. In the book, it's very anti-Christian. In the, in the movie, it's more, well, Christianity is one option. Yeah. And that that killed it, but it needed to be killed anyway. But uh, you know that whole idea that somehow I got the secret knowledge to work my way through to this existence, and you know Christian science is all based yeah. on that. Yeah. Oprah Winfrey, uh, most of what she has to say would be considered Gnostic. Um, you know, we just. It's such a prevalent part of who we are. Yeah. As we said earlier, a lot of the gospel songs talk about heaven and this dreamy, let me get away from this life right. and this existence. Right. And that's just not the way it's supposed to be. In fact, I would say in, a, in opposition to Gnosticism, in fact, you could say that the whole Bible does that simply because on every page of the Bible since the fall and before... Uh, eternity that's spoken of in 21, 22 of the book of Revelation, suffering yeah. is either implicit or explicitly yeah. a part of every page of scripture. And we, we as Americans want to gloss over that. We don't want to deal with pain, and yet it's an integral part of who we are as Christians. Right. The sufferings, the sharing in the sufferings of Jesus. And Peter gives us, or is it Peter or Paul who gives us the, the promise these are uh, a quick, momentary part of our existence. Someday we will be with Christ for eternity. But he doesn't disavow 
the suffering aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, Romans chapter 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy, are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the sons of God. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait for the adoptions of sons, the redemption of our bodies. But that we can look at that, and we might think, okay, well, that fits into that Gnostic idea of we just want you know, the future to come, and mm. this is all just terrible. But when we see the future coming, as you mentioned in Revelation 21, what is it? It's a new heaven and new earth. They are physical localities. Right. These are not just spiritualistic ghosts, you know, hap, you know, what is it, Casper the Friendly Ghost floating mm-hmm. around with your harp in your cloud. Mm-hmm. But uh, we are on a, a new earth. In fact, the rest of, the, uh, of Revelation 21 talks about the physical dimensions mm-hmm. of the new mm-hmm. earth. Um, and I think sometimes we, we get, you know, uh, we get this cartoon vision of heaven, and that's why I want it, you know, I'm going to have wings and a harp. Right. But in reality, we are going to go to the new, what we typically think of heaven is the description of the new earth in Revelation 21, and we are going to have physical bodies, according to 1 Corinthians 15, and... We will live life as we were originally designed to do. Right. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, in a sense, it's unreal where we live now. I mean, it's because of sin, because it's been marred and stuff. I mean, the the, the reality that God intended is yet to come. Yeah. And that that's the tension that we live in, the, the already not yet aspect of it. I yeah. mean, you know, Christ won the victory on the cross and in the resurrection. Yes. But, uh, you know, the realization of that, the outcome of that has not been experienced yet. Well, I think the emphasis of Scripture is not us going somewhere. Right. But God coming, God to, coming us. to us. God coming to us, yes. Um, you know, First John 4, talking about the idea of uh, how you need to test every spirit. Mm-hmm. And how do you test those spirits? If they don't say Jesus came in the flesh, then they are Antichrist and right. not reality. The emphasis is Christ coming to us. Even again in Revelation 21, it's, it's the new heaven, the new earth coming down to us mm-hmm. it, it's not escapism it's not us trying to get away mm-hmm. uh, but let's talk about some dangers to avoid and i think we've talked about a lot of those already but let's emphasize more the that idea of escapism because i think it, you, you mentioned dispensational premillennialism mm-hmm. um and that may be offensive to some but the reality is that that whole outlook of scripture doesn't promote a engagement in the world that God has given us right now. Right. And it's, it's more the idea of, well, someday it'll all be better. I, I just have to wait this out. But in reality, we're not, if, if that's true, then we're not carrying out kingdom building. We're not carrying out the Great Commission. Right. Yeah, we're not being salt and light. If, yeah. if, if it's all about me and Jesus. It's uh, all just going to burn anyway, so why well, bother? Exactly. And that has obviously led to some really whacked uh, concepts. Jim Jones comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, other cults have, that have gone that direction. I'm not saying that premillennial dispensationalists are part of a cult. Right, right. The, they have some wrong thinking that I would argue with them about whether or not it's a biblical thought. But, uh, you know, 
but it, it opens up the door for non-involvement or an overemphasis even on just one aspect of the gospel. I think the gospel is more about, uh, it's not just about the individual becoming a saved person. It's about saving culture as well. You know, we have, we have a mandate from Jesus to make disciples of the nations. I mean, we, fit, we forget that. Often we will look at that and we, we, we want to just uh, make disciples of people who are like us yeah. or whatever. And uh, that's one of the, the driving forces behind my commitment to the community center in Janesville, trying to reach out to those who are not like us yeah. or like me. And, and you know, that's... I think all part of God's design from the get-go because we're all created in the image of God. You know, we're all, Jesus died for all of us, whether we choose to accept that uh, sacrifice or not. He, it doesn't take away from the fact that he died for everyone. Uh, so it's, it's such an important part. You know, if we divorce ourselves from this world, we're not being Christ. We're not letting Christ live through us, work through us, use us. It's like the, the parable of the talents. The, hmm. the, the, Jesus, or the, the landowner gave one yeah. five, one two, and one one. The guy that did the one thing, he went and hit it. Yeah. And he was condemned for that. And that's, you know, that's where a lot of the church is. So many people, you know, once saved, you know, once saved that's all I have to do is be saved. Right. I don't have to care about anybody else. I can just go on my happy way. I don't even have to follow the rules. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those, those rules are, they're not there to harm us. They're there to help us, to bring us, to, to be I'm more like legal, We're not talking about some sort of legalistic no, no. idea. But, we, but God does expect to use, for us to use the talents he's given us. God, right. you know, one of the evidences of the Spirit working in you is, is to show the fruit of the Spirit. And to, if you're not doing some of those things, then you don't have uh, confidence that the Spirit is there. But Ray, I'm wondering, when you were talking about God dying for were you hoping I was going to jump on that? No, not necessarily. Uh, because we are going to be talking about, uh, in fact, I'm going to be recording a, a podcast later about, uh, we'll talk about the atonement, and we're going to talk about limited atonement. So I'm, I'm going to reserve my comments for there. So I want all of you to be, wait, actually, you know what? Well, we're he's going to do it with without me being here. So. No, I just realized, we're actually, this, this, this podcast will have aired uh, the, the Atonement podcast will air before this one. Oh, okay. So everyone's going to know what I'm going to think about that anyway. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's get back to, uh, at, in terms of application, um, I think, one, you need to be a part of a local church. Yes. Um, and, oh, yeah. I, and you and I have talked further, not only just being a part of a local church, but being accountable to particular people in that local church. Mm -hmm. And then I would also add, uh, as we've talked about, Get out and preach the gospel. Get out and engage the culture. Get out mm -hmm. and get to know. Why not today go out and get to know your neighbor across the street? Or you know, um, let, let's further the kingdom uh, right here and uh, and very especially even people that don't look like us and talk like us and or, think like or us. don't agree with us or yeah don't especially. I mean that's something that you and I have done intentionally is well, we actually spend time with. Liberals, yeah, <laughs> politically liberal or or uh, theologically liberal or whatever, and and that uh, that's why I raise on the podcast. I'm liberal. Yeah, theological liberal. Oh. That's 
you're, you're, you're to the left of me, so I'm assuming. Am I really? Still... Okay. And I guess that depends on what, <laughs> how you consider it or how you think that through. But, but you know, and the thing about it is, I, first of all, I think this is what God wants us to do. But second of all, it stretches our thinking. I mean, it either helps us to alter what we've been thinking and, and making it better, or it, it solidifies our thought processor and, and basically helps us to become better communicators. Right. And it, and that's the thing, you know, if if we live in a Gnostic world, none of that matters. Yeah. And, I mean, just it just would be awfully boring to me right. to just stay in my little ivory tower... I got the secret knowledge, and I don't need to even share it with anybody because I know yeah. where I'm headed. Well, you know, God doesn't act that way; it doesn't work that way, and He's clear about that in the Scripture. I, it's always about community. It's always about interacting with others. It's always about sharing the truth. It's always about humbling yourself to interact with people who are not like you, and. Uh, you know, but again, doing that within the context of community and helping others to to learn about what it truly means to be Christian. Right. And I think maybe even before we ask them the question, are you saved or however you phrase, whatever phrase you yeah. use to witness to somebody, let them know what it means to be a Christian. And, and living through suffering, for instance, I think that's why suffering is such a huge part of the Christian message. It's how we deal with suffering right. differently than the world deals with suffering that becomes the greatest apologetic yeah. in our oh, world today. And that, 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 you know, I was with my good friend Bob Kirke yesterday for a short while, and he's dying. And he said, you know, Ray, I've tried to show my grandchildren how to live as a Christian. Now I'm trying to show them how to die as a Christian. Mm. And you know, with hope and with a belief that you know, this world is not the final right. frontier. It's, in fact, in many ways, it's the beginning frontier. It yeah. is when someone dies, when a seed dies, that it grows, that it, that it blossoms, that it, that it produces. And, and that's why I think, biblically speaking, when we, we come to Christ, we die to self. We die, yeah. to, we die to sin. We denounce it. We deny ourselves, take up our cross daily and follow him. Taking up our cross is, is a reference to putting ourselves to physical death. A Gnostic thought would not agree with that at all because that means I actually have to be accountable for what I do. Gnosticism allows you to do whatever you want to do mm -hmm. because, hey, the body is... is uh, fantasy so hey why can't i go you know sleep around with right. people or or hurt people or it, it's just no concern because it's not real any action that i do is not real and that flies in the face of what the bible has to say is Absolutely. the primary reason for a savior a sin in our life well let's get to our final section recommended resources do you have any resources off the top of your head ray that you would appoint people to to learn a little more well, there there were certainly some good things written about uh, the Da Vinci Code. Uh, I forget off the top of my head who produced those. Um, but you know, just do a do. A, you can do a Google search on Gnosticism and a Christian response to Gnosticism. I'm sure there's tons of things out there, probably. Uh, if there isn't, there should be. 
<laughs> well, there are uh, lots of articles I came across. Uh, I'm going to post some of those. Some of those from Ligonier Ministries and R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. Uh, one book I would add is not necessarily a a book that answers Gnosticism verse for verse, but a book, uh, Delighting in the Trinity by Michael Reeves, is something a book I just started getting into. Um, it, it's more than just a Christian defense of the Trinity, but really an introduction to the Christian faith in general mm-hmm. and, and teaching us to, to delight in Scripture. Uh, I think that that in and of itself is a affront to Gnostic thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll post those in some articles there online. So, Ray, thanks for joining us once again. Always and a pleasure. Thank <laughs> all of you for joining us. Again, check us out on Twitter at Basic Bible Cast. Share this with your friends. Post it on Facebook and Pinterest or whatever it is that you do. Snap it or, or whatever. Uh, rate us on iTunes. And, well, have a great rest of your week.